Well, this morning we are looking at Noah. Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. <laughs> you know, what a, what a character. You know, what a, what a guy we have with, with Noah. You know, sometimes we, we think of these biblical characters and we put them on pedestals and say, wow, they were great people. But whenever you look at some of the circumstances that they find themselves in, it's like, whoa, this is, this is quite, uh, quite unique. Well, Hebrews 11.7 says, and I'm reading from the Message Bible, so it might be a little different than what's up, up on the screen. But it says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. <laughs> He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. Now, you start putting that together. He acted upon what he couldn't see, and he did what he was told. How many know people who don't do what they're told? <laughs> you, know, you know, I told you to do that. And often it was like, oh, I didn't think it was important. Well, can you imagine Noah coming along and God says, you know, it's raining and pouring down, and God says, Noah, where's the boat? He says, I didn't think it was that important. <laughs> but he did. Um, in uh, the easy read version, it says, Noah was warned by God about things that he could not yet see, but he had faith and respect for God, so he built a large boat to save his family. He, he had faith and respect for God. So whenever we are looking at Noah, and we're looking at this time period that he lived in, Noah lived in a very wicked time period. It was, there was nothing but evil going on around him and in his society. So much so that every thought, the Bible says, every thought and every intention of the heart was evil. It was, it was to do wrong, and there was chaos in the, in the society, there was chaos in the people, and there was Noah. <laughs> there was Noah. Noah found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. So what we find in Noah was he had, this, he had this character, he had this uniqueness of his spirit that he could listen and, as it were, listen to God when he was speaking. So sin, we have all this sin, we have all this going on at the time period that Noah is in, and God says, you know, go build a boat. So why is sin so difficult? What makes it so, so bad? Well, we find that God is grieved. God is sorrowful he, because sin causes us to lose the connection that we have with God. You see, God is disappointed with his creation. Why? Why is God disappointed with his creation? Why is he grieved? Because God had another plan. Huh. We, we often um, uh, quote Jeremiah 29, 11, 39, 39, 29, 11, but anyhow, for I know what plans I have in mind for you. This is reading from the complete Jewish Bible. For I know that what plans I have in mind for you, says Adonai, says God, plans for well-being, not for bad things, so that you ha can have hope and a future. So sin is what separates us from God. And why does God become sorrowful with our sinfulness? Is that he has a better way. <laughs> I've got a better plan for you. I've got things I want to do in your life, and we're just putting up the barriers, and God is saying, I can remove all those barriers and get rid of them. 
So if we ever think of it in the context that God has plans, and God had plans for this society in this time period of these people, but they knew nothing but utter disrespect for God and for God's commands. And so most of us would not have a problem with taking a step of faith. Like God comes down and says to you, all right, I want you to build a boat. Why? <laughs> well, it's going to rain. It has never rained. It's never rained to this point. So they don't, you know, the whole society, they don't know what, what rain is. They've never had a flood. So they're looking at this, and, and Noah is, you know, just take Noah himself, and he's saying, God, you have a better plan? <laughs> well, but we find that what Noah did was he listened to the voice of God, which we read here. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. So where are you going to build a boat? We're going to build a boat by the ocean. <laughs> but Noah built a ship in the, in the midst of dry land because he had something. God had warned him of something. Now, that's where our faith comes into perspective, that we have God's word. We have God's uh, speaking to our heart through his scriptures. And what happens is we are then challenged to believe or not believe. We are challenged to have faith. Well, I've never seen that happen before. doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let's go on. So, most of us would not have a problem with taking a step of faith, okay? Seeing like Noah, you know. Would we be able to be like him and take a step of faith? Well, if we were to start a business or we, if we were to go back to school. Uh, some have to go back to school. Others just needed to go back to school. Uh, to, or perhaps moving or doing something different. We would have, we, if we, but if we knew, <laughs> if we knew there would be enough money if we knew how long it was going to take to do this, and if we knew what the outcome was, we would have faith and do it. <laughs> that's, that's not faith. So, so the, the right people are going to show up. The right people are going to help us. So we have all this in line. Okay, do you want to do it? The answer is, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Well, it's almost a lot like church. <laughs> are the right people going there? I remember one, one I, probably, I know I've told you this, but the, the one lady called me and she says, could I be your secretary? <laughs> and I said, well, why? And she says, I want a job where there are no sinners. <laughs> you know, so I said, well, you don't want to come here. <laughs> you know, because, and, and again, are the, are the right people? Well, you're the right people. Uh, will there be enough money? Well, there's always enough money. There is. We've never gone broke yet. 52 years. I've been trying. No. <laughs> no, I haven't been trying. But we've been, you know, we've worked it. God has provided. The monies have come in. So how long will it take to build this step of faith to build the church? Well, unless God build the church, those who labor, labor in vain. And so we continue to ask God for help and desire and building, his, building the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God Unless God builds it, you know, but we know that the personality won't build it. That's me. I don't have the personality to build the church. <laughs> uh, well, anyhow, well, we won't go there. We won't talk about that. But we will talk about how that 
how that God has moved upon people to continue to build the congregation and build the kingdom of God. So, you see, there, the, here, the key is God does not give you the details of your step of faith. God doesn't give you the details. We were talking with someone the other day. Whenever we went to Maine to um, start a home missions church, and we went to the very northern tip of Maine, and we were up there for two years, three years, somewhere in there, two and a half. And anyhow, um, there was 5,000 people in town, two Baptist families, a Jewish family, and us. All the rest were Roman Catholics. There was one church, five priests, and a, and a convent. Okay? So where are we at? Well, we're just up on the hill in a building and kids come every Sunday. So what do I do in a situation like that? I go visit the priest. <laughs> okay. So anyhow, I visit the priest. There's a new priest in town. He says, oh, come back and we'll have dinner. Found out that his brother was at Notre Dame with the charismatic renewal and the beginning of that uh, renewal going on in the Catholic Church. And the priest says, I know about this stuff, and we have a nun here. She does, uh, she does that very same thing, and she wants to start a, convent, uh, start a prayer group. Why don't you talk to her, and what happens? A prayer group is started. So you don't know the plans. Where are you going to live? They didn't have a house. You know, well, how much money are you going to make? There wasn't an income. They just said, you can go around and preach in the churches on Sunday night, and we'll give you an offering. And that's what we lived on. And we knew we were going to have $25 a month, because my mom sent it. <laughs> so, so there was, you know, if God would have told us, well, this is what's going to happen, you know, well, let's go up there for a couple of years, and we'll just bang that out and come home. Well, you don't know what it all holds, but we have to make the decisions. Like, I'll tell you as you go. Well, if you had all the facts and how it's going to happen, you wouldn't need faith. So God is calling us to step out in faith. And it's, stepping out in faith is not m moving to Africa. Stepping out in faith is believing God for the next step. And... God is going to send you out not knowing what's going to happen. But you have to believe. Now, every day you're sent out. Now, we, we, there's a, an ark in Kentucky. And to, to give you some idea of what this ark is like, do you have it? There it is. Um, how big is the ark? <laughs> well, let me see here. I wrote it down. And there's, there's disputes as to how long is a cubit. Uh, it can go anywhere from 22 to 28 inches. So if you use the, the small version, you have uh, 510 feet long. You have uh, 75 to 100 feet wide. And you have 50 plus feet high. So this is, an act, this is the actual ark in Kentucky that we were going to stop at on our way back from this summer. And um, that's it. 
I think these were $115 million the guy spent to build this. So it's a little chunk of change. Is there other pictures? There's the inside. <laughs> that's not a conceptual drawing of the ark. That's, that's what this ark, what he built on the inside. Now, the, the original ark, <laughs> one guy said that it took 14,000 trees for Noah to build the ark. His, him and his two sons. And he didn't have an electric chainsaw. Nor did he have a gas chainsaw. <laughs> I wonder how, what he invented to, to do all of this. Because there's three stories. And, you know, and go on if you have other pictures. An aerial view. That's how God sees it. No. <laughs> but um, there's another creation museum not too far from there. The next one. So I was thinking of, there's, you know, I, I never really thought of slats in the floor. And, you know, we're, well, what happens when they <clears throat> go to the bathroom? And it'll all pile up or it goes through the slats. We have that grates in people who raise pigs and things. And uh, speaking of pigs. But they're all in these containers, these, these cubes. Go on. If we find, the, there's one about storing things. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Christmas at the Ark. Oh, then they have their own quarters. They have air wicks plugged into the wall. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, yeah, there's jars of food. So anyhow, you've got all this uh, storage. You've got all this place, this 510 feet, which is a football field and a half or something like that. Um, 1,000, I don't know, I think it's 150 yards. No, it can't be. Uh, but anyhow, by 510 feet divided by 3 is 3, 5, 6, 1, you know, 10, 3, 9, 130 some yards. But anyhow, what happens is, how do you fill it? How do you fill the ark? You got to put food. And one of the things that I wondered, how did they water them? They got all this water outside. How did they get the water inside? You know, animals need something to drink. And then you've got to feed them. And so they've got to store all of this stuff. And the, the kicker for me was, he, it, he took, it only took 55 to 75 years to build this. How much faith do we have? In a sense, do we have enough to last a week? <laughs> you know, do we have enough faith to step out? You know, what does God say? Well, God's word is the foundation of our faith and the foundation of our life. And so when we're looking at Noah, we're looking at a guy who is living in a society in which no one else is like him because there was no one else in the society that would listen to the voice of God. Noah was the only one. He had three sons, and they had wives. And those are the ones that, were going into the, that would go into the ark. And it, those four individuals, men, primarily were responsible for building an ark, building this gigantic place. 
Now, as we read through the scriptures, in um, chapter 6, uh, it says in verse 1, men began to multiply, so there's a lot of growth going on in the society. There's a lot of growth going on happening, but the wickedness just continues to, <laughs> to boil over and, you know, people taking advantage of people and so on. Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So at that time, he's saying, they're going to live for 120 years, but I'm not going to keep after them. <laughs> I'm not going to keep chasing them. So God is saying that he has been chasing them. His spirit has been calling, working, wanting to lead them, but they are refusing to listen. Verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we got some bad stuff going on. And, you know, in our society, we have some of that going on. And verse, verse 9, these are the genealogies of Noah. Noah was a just man. Just means that he lived by, God, he lived by a righteous standard. Well, what was, where was that standard written down? It was written in his heart. See, he had a sensitivity to God to know that what these people were doing was wrong. And what God, what he felt what God wanted him to do, he had a just standard, a standard that separated him from his entire society. And it goes on um, that he was perfect in, this, in his generation. He was set apart from the rest of them. He was not perfect as without flaw, but that he was set apart from the rest of the people in his generation. And he walked with God. There's an interesting term, because few chapters, verses prior to this, we have another guy who walked with God. Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and one day he was walking with God and just walked right on into heaven, because they never found him. So Noah walked with God, and Noah began, begot three sons, then verse 11, and the earth was so corrupt, was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And then we go down, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. They were deceitful, they were destructive, they were rejecting the righteousness of God. And we move to verse 13. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with uh, violence through them, uh, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. And so he goes into this whole process of, of building this ark, building this um, Huge ship. I remember watching a thing on uh, TV that said the ark could never float. <laughs> the ark is the largest wooden boat, largest wooden structure ever built. But, it, it, you know, it, uh, it didn't have any trouble floating. And the, the trouble is people have a hard time recognizing the divine interaction with the human. So, 
it is obvious that Noah's ark involves the work of God. <laughs> but it is also obvious that it involves a divine intervention. So the account does not attempt to describe in all, every detail, the things that were, things that were done. You know, like the bird cages. I never thought of bird cages. You know, my concept, you know, the birds fly in, they just fly around all over the place. You just duck whenever they come by. <laughs> but they, in, in this uh, concept of the ark, he has cages for the birds. And he has pins for the animals. And, you know, when, when God is working, he has a way of, you know, animals... <laughs> Sometimes they're just as docile as can be. And so God would cause these animals to be docile, to, to walk, to follow, to go to a place that, you know, where do you put an elephant? <laughs> Anywhere he wants to go. But uh, <laughs> where do you put an elephant? You put them on the, oh, I'm sure they put them at the bottom, you know, base layer. But did you ever think he had to cover everything with pitch? So when he put the bottom of the boat together, he had to cover it with pitch. And, you ha and how did he bend all those boards? How did he, you know, <laughs> did he come up with steam and bending in them? And how did they all stick together? How, why is it they didn't leak pitch? So we look at all these things, and there's all these questions we could have, but in the whole process of building, God gave him the details of what needed to be done. That's faith. That's our walk with God. He will give us the details that need to be done as we walk with him. If he laid out the whole thing, he says, well, you know, you're going to build this ark. It's a certain, certain size, length, you know, height, all that. And you, this, is, this is what you're going to do, build it out of gopher wood. Okay, that's nice, but how do you build an ark? How do you build a big boat? You start by taking down trees and you have an idea in your head what it's going to be. Did you ever, and see, this I think is the creativity of God. We have in our minds thoughts and intents. We have to bring those things into subjections to God's word. Because you are creative. The creativity of God is in your heart and mind. And sin causes us to miss out on how God wants to bring that out. How does God want to use your creativity? How does God want to use your talents? How does God want to bless you and bless your life? And, and in that process, bless the lives of others? You know, it, it's, for, for me, okay, I'm getting up here in, um, in age. <clears throat> and, uh, but it was something how that in the last couple of weeks that people of maybe 40 years ago, 45 years ago, somewhere in there, yeah, 45 years ago, call me and say, can you help me? <laughs> and it's like, your, your influence never ends. You know, Rhonda, she went to... She's been invited to 19 graduations, you know, from our fourth graders. Why? 
her influence hasn't ended. And in our life, we all have that position. We all have that influence on people's lives. And the creativity that God has is that you take a step that he, and how that he is going to bless your life and bless those around you. So the things that we do are part of the training, the preparation to take your steps. And God says that all things can work together for good to those who love him. And so what we're called to do is in the process of every event, we're to David in the Psalms that we spoke of this morning, he, he, he praised God. And, and one of the Psalms was one in which David wrote, you know, King, his son, make sure I get this right. It was either Absalom or King Saul was chasing him. I think it was King, King Saul. Uh, but anyhow, King Saul is chasing him for his life. So where does David go to hide? He goes to the Philistine city where, where uh, Goliath was a resident. Okay, let's take this up a little bit. David kills Goliath and defeats the entire Philistine army with the armies of Israel. And so when David's in trouble, where does he go? He goes to the Philistine city of the biggest guy in the planet and, that he killed, and they said they recognized him. Now, what kind of a person does that? <laughs> Fear. Talked about it in the, the lesson. Fear can cause us to lose sight of what is good and what isn't. And so while David is in the city, while he is in the prison, talks about how he began to praise God, to thank God for who he is and how that he delivered him and, and how that he will continue. See, God has made a vow. that talked about it in the lesson. The vows that God has made to us the vows that God has made to us are one, it isn't like a contract, you do your part, God does his part. No, he has his vows that he has made to us that I will forgive you of every sin. He pr promised us that he will give us eternal life. He promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He promises that our life will have a purpose and, and have a destiny. He promises us that, that no, nothing shall, you know, nothing beyond his grace and mercy can come into your life, Okay? And he wants us to sign on the dotted line. <laughs> you know, God, forgive me my sins. Come into my life and, you know, help me. So that's what happens with David. And you see, this is the contract that God has with us. And we're, we're trying to figure this out. We're trying to work this out, and it's called faith. That I can't see the end of it, but I, I have to believe for where I'm at. And I have to believe that God can help me where I am at. And David, he did this very stupid thing. He went to the city of which he killed their biggest, their biggest hero, and he, find, he tries to find asylum there. What do you think they did to him? They threw him in prison. So the only way David got out, well, what did he do? He, he acted like he was nuts. <laughs> He was frothing at the mouth and clawing at the, at, the, at the city gates and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they figured, oh, David has lost his mind. He's nuts. Let him go. <laughs> so there are things in our life that we never understand. 
but there are promises that we must receive. And the promises call for us to believe in God, to take him at his word. This is what happened with Noah. He took God at his word and he began to build an ark. So God is going to send you out and you're not going to know where, you're not going to know everything about where you're going. So it calls for us to trust. He leads us one step at a time. We're not told how much God did in bringing the animals into the ark and keeping them alive and safe. Uh, when it was time for the rain, the Lord shut Noah in. So how does all this come together? How does life come together? A person called me the other day and all the things that had happened, gone wrong and gone right, and just can't figure it out. So we talked. It's a challenge. And the only one who has all the answers is God. And, and I always do this one thing, you know, one person, they want to know, why did they, why did his people have to die? Why was there this accident? Why did this happen? You know, people will come up with all kinds of ideas, and you know what? We don't know. And when we try to make sense out of something that makes no sense, it is nonsense. And that's where nonsense comes from. People trying to figure things out and, and make it all work and come together, and it doesn't. We have to have faith in God to, to by faith, Noah build a ship in the middle of dry land. What idiot does that? <laughs> he was warned about something he could not see. He was warned about something he could not see. What did he do? He acted on what he was told. I don't see that happening but I'm going to do it anyhow, because God says so. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of his blessings. Your life isn't like the unbelieving world. There's a difference in you, and there is a sharp line between you, the believing, and those who do not believe. Because God has come into our life, God has made the difference, and he is the one who will keep us just as he kept Noah. As a result of building, of doing, as a result of building and doing in this whole process, he became intimate with God, that he was God's friend. God was his friend. And the two of them worked to get together for 55 years or 75 years to build this boat that God was going to save the animals of, of, of that time period. <laughs> Noah. <laughs> what did he do? He was the guy who built a ship in the middle of dry land. They, they made fun of him. They, they laughed him. But when it started raining and it started pouring and the floods came and the flood waters came upon the people, they were all knocking at the door, wanting in. But the Lord had shut the door. Noah couldn't let them in. 
they had made their decision, their choices. But God has called us to make the right choice, to live for him, believe in him, trust him, and allow him to become our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen? Jesus, we thank you that you are our friend. You are our companion. You are the one who lives inside our hearts and minds. Lord, we want your direction. We want your blessing. We want your guidance on all that we say and do. Let there be that mark distinction between our life and those who don't know you. Let there be this understanding that people are going to not understand who we are and what we're doing and why we live the way we do. Because, Lord, you are different than those individuals. You, you work in our life, and sin has not allowed your plan to work out. So work your plan in us. Let us walk with you each day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Go build an ark. <laughs>